This episode of the Boss Builder Podcast is brought to you by Boss Builder Academy. If you are a newly promoted supervisor, somebody who's in the role and struggling, or even somebody who's thinking about one day making the transition to management, it is an overwhelming and stressful job. To help you out, please check out our Boss Builder Academy. Our Boss Builder Academy gives you the knowledge and skills you need to be a successful boss through a series of videos and guided discussions. It's something that you can do in as little as five minutes per day, and it will give you practical, tangible, tactical skills so you can be a great boss. For more information, check us out at www.thebossbuilders.com or call us at 931-221-2988. Well, hello and welcome to this episode of the Boss Builder Podcast, the podcast for those of you who are new to supervision, those of you in the role and struggling, and even those of you who are thinking about one day making the important transition to management. You know, as the boss, your job is to take the direction from the executives, put that plan into action, and make sure it gets done. And I'm also sure that there's been a time occasionally when you've asked, what in the world are these jokers thinking? Well, the question is, what are they thinking? And the answer comes from our guest today. Her name is Tara Rathor. She is the CEO of Strategy for Real. And what she does is she helps executives come up with strategy. The reason I wanted her to be on the show is I wanted somebody to talk to us about what happens behind the closed door. What happens when the executives get together and start thinking about the plan? What data do they look at as they are formulating that plan? And what is the eventual outcome they're looking for? You don't always need to know that, but it sure would help. And the good news is if you know that they're actually thinking through it, maybe you'll be more apt to want to get it done. She's got some great information. She'll give you some great insights. She's a lot of fun. So with no further delay, let's meet our guest, Tara Rathor. Tara Rathor, welcome to the show. Thanks, Mac. I really appreciate the opportunity to be here. I'm looking forward to it. We're excited to have you, too. The topic today is strategy, and it's kind of interesting because this is a podcast for people who are in the HR department, and sometimes we get people who are in management that listen in, and we're going to talk about why it's important to know about strategy, but you're going to give us a view from the boardroom, and we're excited to hear about what goes on there. But before we get into the questions, I was hoping you could share something about your background with us. Sure, I'd be happy to. I've been working in strategy for a really long time. It's actually a strong passion of mine, which is probably good given what I do. It's such an exciting thing to be working on looking towards the future. But at the end of the day, it's also super important to make sure that you can actually do it and you can take that strategy off the page and put it into action and that's been the heart of my business model for some time now as you know i'm a consultant i work with strategy for real founded that company gosh a while ago after having been in an executive position in both consulting and in industry uh, working across a variety of industries globally in mission-driven and for-profit context so really across the board working from right on the shop floor all the way up to the c-suite in the boardroom so for me it's it's just an exciting opportunity to talk a little bit more about my passion and also to share the expertise that i've gained over the last 
too many years to count um, in working with so many different types of organizations and people. That's great. Well, let's talk about the S word then, strategy. How would you define strategy? You know, it's, it's really great that you asked me that because certainly most of the leaders in the C-suite can define mission, vision, and strategy fairly easily. It rolls right off to their tongues. But they've been working with those ideas for years and years. And yet still, there are so many different definitions of strategy that it's, it's actually fairly common, even in the boardroom, that not everyone has the same definition. So when I'm working with clients and working with the C-suite, I find that it's been really important to ensure that we have a shared understanding, that we all kind of define it in the same way. And that way we're starting on the same page. So at any level, I usually offer these definitions of strategy and actually think of it from mission, which is purpose, why we exist. Vision is destination. That's where you want to go or what you want to achieve. And strategy is the set of decisions and actions that are going to get you from here to there. It's the how. Okay. Well, that seems pretty simple to me. So what's the big deal? Why does it feel like this has got to be a big complicated thing? (laughs) You are so right. It is often, it feels so complicated, particularly as strategy trickles down through the organization, comes out of that boardroom and, and is delivered to folks on the ground. Strategy development has to be forward thinking. It has to be thorough. It doesn't actually have to be complicated, even though it can easily become so. I think that's because we're dealing with the future. There is so much uncertainty and many things that we just can't know until we actually get there. We really literally don't know what we don't know and certainly won't know that in advance. Some folks I think are simply more comfortable with ambiguity than other people are. And I think the less comfortable you are with ambiguity, it's more likely that you're going to complicate things as you try and work through the implications of that ambiguity. I also think some people are just better at articulating what they do do know and what they don't know. With the, the strategy development and working with the boards especially, we have to rely on really good analysis and a large dose of intuition. And that's what we use to then take the best decision we possibly can in the moment based on the information we have. That takes time to do, and then it takes even more time on the calendar, for example, for that information to cascade down through the organization. And so I think it's like playing a game of telephone at times. Um, Many of us did that as kids. You're, you have two cups at the either end of this wire and you talk in one end and supposedly they hear it on the other end and it doesn't actually sound the same. And I think some of that is how the complication or the, um, the lack of clarity starts to come through. Well, it sounds like we could have a strategy with most anything. Like I could have a strategy to get from being overweight and out of shape and my vision is I want to be thin. And so the strategy would be quit eating so much and exercise. But but let's talk about the C-suite, because for anybody who's working in an organization, that's where all of the ideas are coming from. What makes strategy different in the C-suite? You know, this, the C-suite is, is focused on the highest level of strategy. So, and I think that's the key piece here is that not everyone thinks about strategy happening on multiple levels. Uh, 
C-suite guy that I worked with over time used to talk about it as being like playing chess on three levels simultaneously. And that analogy has really stuck with me because when I work with CEOs or the board developing a strategy, I need to remind them and they need to be thinking about the fact that they're setting direction for the entire company. So that includes all of its divisions, all of its lines of businesses, services, markets, all kinds of people, any location, everything is in there. And so contrary to what many people believe or what often even happens, the most important outcome of strategic planning or strategy development in the boardroom is really not about a detailed plan. It's about, or, or gosh, it shouldn't be. Sometimes it is, but it shouldn't be. The objective is really high level and often purposely broad. So when I work with the CEO or, or the board to develop strategy, we typically, an outcome is typically to agree on that handful of priorities on which they'll focus to achieve the vision. That lets the executive team give their people all the operating and functional leaders out there, the chance and the latitude to figure out how it's going to apply in a specific area. And that's the operational level of strategy. From there, there's a tactical level of strategy also, which everyone participates in. That's literally on the ground what you're doing. But the operational team is really helping to develop those strategies that connect that high level thinking from the boardroom to what happens on the ground alongside managing daily activities. Well, I don't know, but I'm guessing you get called in to work with executive teams that are wrestling with this. Do you find that most C-suite people really think this through or do they really require somebody to see it from a different perspective to get them to put it into something actionable? Well, you know, I think it varies. I think lots of them think very deeply and carefully about strategy. Uh, it's, it's also what kind of strategy are they thinking about? Not everyone thinks about the same definition as we said at the front, but also that whole concept that strategy needs to happen on different levels. That's often an aha moment for the C-suite. And in, in many respects, it helps to give them permission to think differently and also trust differently when they're sharing that strategy with the rest of the organization. Um, I think that overall, the challenges that the C-suite or the board face are probably as diverse as the organizations and the people that are creating them. A number of the executive teams, though, think about time frame. They think about, you know, like what's the right number of years into the future we should be thinking. Um, and some people really struggle with um, setting the destination, that visioning piece, because a number of them really struggle with finding that right balance of dreaming, thinking in the future, really being aspirational and realism. Like what can we actually do? So that becomes a really um, interesting conversation with them. And it's one that particularly benefits from someone external to kind of help think about what are the pieces, which are the things in this strategy conversation may be most challenging for this particular group and therefore at what point or in what way might we best engage an external perspective. Obviously my bias is that an external perspective never hurts and frankly I work with lots of 
operating leaders in helping them to sort of translate what the organization, what the enterprise has asked them to do into something that makes sense for them and their unit. But I think it's really about understanding what they're trying to do and therefore how do you get out of your current mindset, your current way of thinking, your current reality so that you can think a little differently and come at it from a just turning the coin upside down or any of those other analogies around how do you kind of turn things around on its head in order to come up with something that makes sense for you. Well, thank goodness companies have people like you because in the few jobs I had before I started my own company, I would remember thinking, man, who thought this was a good (laughs) idea? This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. So thank goodness we have you. So it sounds like there's a bunch of challenges But from your perspective, what is the most challenging thing about strategy development? Well, as I mentioned, setting the time frame is one, um, especially at the C-suite level and the board frame. By the time it gets to operational, the destination and the time frame have already been set. So they don't really get to chime in on that. But it's interesting because the time frame is one that's been kind of in the press lately a lot also because it's changing and it's... um, It tends to be, I think, shorter in many people's minds than it used to be. Once upon a time, we used to think 10, 20 years in the future, and yet now it's often much tighter because things, business itself, environments, context, customer needs, they change so much faster. That said, there are three big ones that can get in the way. Um, Alignment, decisions, and accountability. They are also among the top reasons why strategies fail. So if you get it right in the boardroom, you have a much greater chance of getting it right going forward. And as you encourage, enable, empower your staff to execute on that strategy. All right. So just from, from I guess is probably you can't really give me a clear answer, but what what does it usually take? How much time does it take for a C-suite to go through this whole strategy exercise? Is it an hour? Do you do it over a weekend? What is? What have you seen? Well, so much depends on preparation, and you're absolutely right that the the correct answer is it depends. There, it it must be, in my opinion, strategy development must be done in a way that best suits your organization and your business context. So that's where preparation comes in. To what extent does everyone have? a solid understanding of what's out there in the future, what the opportunities look like, what is the external context, how do we fit, as well as those internal realities that's um, around your own capabilities and the capabilities that are most relevant for your business context. That kind of preparation starts the thinking. So can you do it quickly? Yes, it does not need to be a convoluted thing. However, I found that you need, it's a cerebral process. It's a a cerebral activity. And by that, I mean, you got to think about it and you need a moment or two to consider what you've pulled together, consider the data, consider how the uncertainty comes into play, what you want to do with it. So while the time you spend together working on strategies, so to speak, may not be a lot of time. There's a longer period of calendar time, if you will, that should be built into your your planning schedule. Often when I work with 
with uh, the C-suite and the board, I do it as a series of strategic conversations. Um, remember, we're working principally at the enterprise level first, so it's not the whole strategy before you start cascading it and involving others. It's just that top level. When you work with the operational leaders, then it's even more different, and the time frame can be all over the map because if you've got if you've got one line of business or one location or a relatively small organization, that's going to be a lot quicker than trying to plan for some of the or the global organizations I've looked at, which has multiple countries. They have lines of businesses that are intertwined with each other, with other folks. It just becomes that much more complex. So that's a big factor in how long it takes. Um, some folks would say, oh, soup to nuts, it's probably three to six months calendar time. Maybe, you know, and, and if you need a, a sort of general rule, maybe. But it all depends on are you prepared and how quickly can you take decisions as well as how well does each member of the strategic planning team know their rule, their role in taking those decisions? Because that then helps you dictate and, and understand who else needs to be involved and how they should be involved. Well, that was going to be my next question. So in your experience, do you find that there's a group of people doing the strategy and they're like, oh, we should have invited so-and-so? And I mean, I'm specifically thinking about HR. You know, if they're not there, is that somebody who should be there? Do you find that people are not inviting all the right people? And conversely, are there some people that are invited that should not be at a session like this? Short answer is yes. You had an either or question, but the short answer is yes. Um, so I believe that you can't execute strategy without people. They're the ones who are actually doing it. And, and I don't know, maybe AI will get us there, but for right now, pretty much thinking can't execute strategy without people. AI won't even help them. Um, so I would say yes. The folks that you want in the room are the folks that really understand the different facets of your business at that executive level so that they can look across and understand the interdependencies of the business. There are different types of roles. You could have, for example, very often you have your C-suite or your executives involved who are leading specific aspects of your business. You also have board members who bring external um, perspectives to, to the whole conversation on strategy. You, you can also get subject matter experts to join you. And some of those are internal subject matter experts that really understand a specific piece of your business. Sometimes they're external. For example, I, I know of several clients who used or incorporated the, the thinking of a, of a futurist to expand people's thinking about what could be, um, which is a big piece of visioning or setting your destination. So I think when I work with the CEOs in, this, in the boardroom, I am asking them questions around what are your key challenges? Where does the expertise live? Where does it reside? Um, who are the right people to answer those questions? How do we bring them into the conversation in a way that's most productive? And then in setting up a series of strategic conversations, we're involving different people. There are also often, especially HR, um, finance teams, a lot of the functional groups are often involved in preparing the data. And I think HR has a terrific insight on 
what the capabilities look like internally, but also what capabilities might be needed in the future. And by capabilities, I'm not talking exclusively about leadership or individual capabilities. It's also about, as a whole, organizationally, what kinds of capabilities do we need? What are we thinking about? If we're going in that direction, then that's a different, it's going to take different things to be successful. And do we have that? Um, Do we have that capacity as well as the capability? And now let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Attention HR professionals and conference planners. Are you looking for a great speaker for your upcoming meetings or conference? Better contact Mac. Do you need someone who can relate to your audience and deliver a top-notch presentation? Better contact Mac. Are you trying to find a speaker who can both educate and entertain? Better contact Mac. Mac Monroe, the boss builder, is a sought-after keynote speaker and presenter who would love to present at your next meeting. His most popular topics are how to be a great boss for audiences of managers and executives, how to gain a seat at the table for HR professionals, and how to avoid ending up for all employees. Mac is a phenomenal storyteller, and his talks are lively, entertaining, and loaded with actionable strategies that will enable your attendees to make immediate positive changes. To get more information and book Mac to speak at your next conference or meeting, Go online to bettercontactmac.com or call us at 931-221-2988. And now, back to the show. Well, that sounds like a lot of work, and I'm excited about that because, again, I want to make sure if I'm going to work for you, you've thought this through. And so you've invited the right people. You've gone through whatever process. You have hired a hired gun like yourself to come in and help facilitate. Now it's done. So what happens after the strategy leaves the boardroom? Now we're going to launch it. What happens? Well, after the strategy leads leads the boardroom, very often you have a a wonderful, exciting sort of woohoo, we've done it. Um, And then too often the C-suite or the CEOs or the boardroom breathes a collective sigh of relief and is like, okay, then people have at it. And that's really hard actually. Um, But unfortunately, it's extremely common. And what should happen instead, and and I love that they're excited, by the way, because that's a really good thing. But they need to, before they leave, figure out what their communication plan is going to be and be very clear about what the next group of folks needs to do to operationalize that strategy. How do we, what I call in my business, how do we make that strategy real? Um, I think the CEOs of the executive team often struggle with how to get everyone on board so that it becomes meaningful. So remember, everyone in the boardroom is thinking of strategy at the enterprise level. So they've, they've set the vision, they've identified the critical few priorities that are gonna really drive that strategy forward. Now, the rest of the organization has to figure out how to apply that to their specific areas. They're the ones that are actually making it happen. Again, back to the why we need HR in the room, well, people drive the strategy. So when the strategy leaves the boardroom, those operating and functional leaders have to create detailed plans about how each of their areas will contribute to the strategy. And importantly, not every unit will tackle every focus area. 
Those focus areas extend across the entire enterprise. Each of the units needs to have their own action plans, their own operational strategy with the objectives, the metrics, the milestones that matter for their area. The key thing, however, is that those action plans need to be explicitly and very clearly connected to the larger priorities. I think that's one of the things that often gets lost is that connection to the larger priorities. And the second one being trying to do all of them when not all of them is, is appropriate for your particular corner of the universe. And that's, that's the operational level strategy. And it, it's probably the one that most of the people listening to this podcast are most familiar with. Okay. So now we're farming it out and now I guess we got to get busy doing it. So what happens now? Let's talk about the execution. Well, of course, because it's all about the execution and lots of things have been written about that. You know, eloquent strategies that never get off the page, do nothing to take your strategy forward. So the operating and functional leaders that I've worked with are often trying to translate what the folks in the boardroom have asked them to do into actions that make sense on the ground. But they're also balancing that and those very high level strategic objectives with the daily realities of managing the business on a regular basis. It's really, in my opinion, it's the hardest job that there is because they're managing both up and down the organization. And frankly, that's where I lived at many points in my career was in that middle, that operational functional leader trying to translate with the organization had asked me to do into something that actually made sense for us. And I would bet that there's a number of folks in the audience in the same, in the same situation. It, it's in recent years, McKinsey, Gallup, Harvard Business Review, they've really talked about research that's been done in that space. And they say that over 70% of strategic initiatives fail. And it's usually due to a lack of employee engagement, inadequate management support, um, poor non-existent cross-functional collaboration, and a lack of accountability. And that is what the operational leaders are actually trying to do, is they're trying to create it. So if it's been done poorly at the operation, at the enterprise level, it's very difficult, even more difficult, if not impossible, to do it further down. So that's why it's really important for the C-suite to be managing that handoff between the enterprise and the folks who develop that high level strategy and the operating room. And that they do that by modeling good behaviors around the accountability, helping people understand how decisions are taken, and then walking that talk. That's a really important way to go with that. But it's really on the operating and functional leaders to make that strategy happen and to make it go. And on the C-suite and the board level to be holding people accountable, to make sure that the interdependencies across the organization are working together effectively. Well, in the organizations I've worked with that are really good, that happens. In fact, we even see it to the level where performance management goals are tied to these strategic initiatives. But the majority of companies, to be honest, don't do that well. So I'm, I'm thinking about the people who would be listening to this podcast today. So we would have a combination of HR professionals, and often we have people who are in management roles, but maybe not that high level. So 
from that perspective, what can that our part of the audience do to make sure that the company's strategy is actually going to work? You know, it's a really good point, Mac, because I think our audience is, is probably the most important in making strategy real. Uh, managers and supervisors have to balance both those strategic priorities and operations literally every day. And I think it's actually easier for most of us to understand and keep an eye on the operating side and to get lost in that operating reality um, rather than perhaps the strategic pieces. And sometimes I think that makes it more challenging for them to figure out how to kind of drive their performance objectives forward as well, because those may be tied to the strategic. So I think there are really two ideas I have for our audience on that. I think they're the first is to connect your own work to the strategy deliberately and mindfully. And it sounds easy. It's not. It's really not because it requires actually knowing what the strategy is. And sometimes that's communicated well all the way through the organization and sometimes not so much. So you typically get at a high level a view of the enterprise that's part of a regular company update. So you can even participate in that as a stockholder. You can listen to that if they're public, publicly traded, for example. You can listen to that shareholder report. But if not, you need to ask questions and you need to seek clarity. Ask them why, to what end, how, in what ways does this take our strategy forward? What's the most important thing that I can be focusing on right now? Where do you think we have the greatest opportunity to deliver on our strategy or to deliver on that priority, whatever that might be. So be explicit about it. Which priority are you talking about, for example? And that can help not only the managers and supervisors, but also help them to explain to their folks what is the bigger picture of what they're doing. They're actively connecting their work to that bigger picture. That's just that helps them see not only the near term, but then also the longer term. So if we're doing these things today, here's the thing that we're trying to achieve over the long term. This is why it's important. That's why we're making this change in how we work. That's just an example. The second thing that I think anyone can do, but is also really important for managers and supervisors, not only to do for themselves, but also to make possible for their folks, encourage their staff and their teams to do, is to build their own skills in thinking and acting strategically. And that's going back to considering the why. My favorite question is to what end? How will the work that I'm doing today take the business forward? How might I get there differently? Is there something different I could be doing? What else? It's about being curious and not just about your own business or your strategy, but about all kinds of things, because that curiosity helps to develop a willingness to think and act and do differently. That's hugely important in taking strategy forward. So if you remember at the very beginning, we talked about how the uncertainty and and thinking way out into the future and being just forward-looking and deliberate in this is so important and yet also so difficult. If you are thinking and being curious about a vast majority, about a very broad area of knowledge, it, it expands your own thinking so that the uncertainty can be managed in a different way. 
it's also, in my opinion, where innovation starts. Well, I think about employees like that, and those would be the ones I would want working in my company. Ones that actually said, hey, we want to be involved in this and, and we want to be part of the, the bigger picture. That's a win. And I, I love the fact that you've, you've kind of done two things for us today. First of all, it's sort of like the old schoolhouse rock, how a bill becomes a law. So now we learn how, how the C-suite comes up with the plan. The other thing, I guess it's like, now we know how the sausage is made in our organization. So whether that's good or not, I don't know. But I'm guessing there are some people listening today that say, wow, Tara, we need you to come and help our C-suite because they have got their heads buried way up in their own rear ends. And we don't have a plan. We're just kind of figuring out as we go. So Tara, how can my audience reach out to you and bring you in to partner with their C-suite in building a plan. I'm always happy to talk to people about their situation and how I might help um, or even just help them consider something differently. Uh, you can always find me on LinkedIn under my name. It's at Thor is my handle on LinkedIn. It's also my handle on Twitter. By all means, follow me. Um, and I have a, uh, a blog via my website, which is strategyforreal.com and it's backslash blog it's very clever and you know creative there but it gets you there um definitely follow me and all of those sites will get you contact information and you can find me directly give me a call i'm happy to talk to you okay so that is strategy number four real.com and then if they add the slash blog we get to the blog right Correct. Well, Tara, we appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to share this information with all of our audience. And best of luck as you go out there and help companies become more successful with strategy. Thanks so much, Mac. It's been great. Well, thanks for taking the time to listen to another episode of the Boss Builder Podcast. You know, if you're listening to these as you are commuting to and from work, I would highly recommend you listen again when you get home just so you can take some notes. We do our best to get you great information. And sometimes if you're like me, you got to write the stuff down. On another note, for your further development, if you work for an organization and you think that it would be valuable to partner with us, which I think is a good idea, we invite you to check us out online at thebossbuilders.com. We have three options, our signature driving results on-site workshop, which our trainers come out and deliver for you. We also have our very popular Boss Builder Academy, which is video driven. And we also offer the option of having your organization license our training materials so that your trainers can go ahead and deliver them on-site. If you're listening to our podcast on iTunes or on Stitcher, the other thing we'd appreciate is if you could just take a moment and leave us a brief, positive, of course, review. That would really help us out a great deal. And refer this podcast to anybody you know that you think could benefit from it. Until the next time we meet, get out there, boss up, boss on, and more importantly, make a commitment to being the boss at being a great boss. Goodbye.